0: On Saturday, October 14th, Australians will vote in a referendum on whether to alter the country's constitution. The question they will be asked is this. A proposed law to alter the constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Do you approve the proposed alteration? We will come back presently to what this means and to the chances of Australia deciding as a nation that this seems more or less fair enough. But first, an amount of absorbing, if not if we may venture so bold, downright riveting background vis-à-vis Australia's somewhat hyper-protective attitude to its constitution, which will help explain why Australia's Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, may be watching what seemed an easy win turn into an unforced error. It has been a long time since my fellow Australians were last asked whether we felt that our constitution needed tweaking. Saturday's referendum will indeed be the first such vote of the 21st century. Since Australia became a nation in 1901, 44 referendum questions on altering the constitution have been put to the Australian people for just eight positive results. And three of those in the clearly giddy year of 1977, maybe everybody was drunk or something, when Australians went yay on retiring federal judges at 70, fixing a loophole in the rules on filling midterm vacancies in the federal Senate and allowing voters in Australia's territories, as well as its states, the joy of voting no in referendums. A fourth 1977 proposition was shot down in a manner illustrating another difficulty of winning constitutional referendums in Australia. You need not merely a majority of voters nationally, but a majority of Australia's six states, which is to say majorities of voters in at least four states. So in 1977, the idea of allowing elections for the House of Representatives and the Senate to be held at the same time won a thumping national majority. But Queensland, Western Australia and Tasmania were not persuaded, the weirdos, and so the motion was lost. After the defeat of the most recent constitutional referendum in 1999, asking whether or not Australians really felt like accident of birth in a foreign castle was the smartest way of choosing a head of state, it seemed that Australia's politicians had taken the hint and stopped asking. Alert listeners may recall at this point that Australians did have some sort of national vote a few years back, didn't they? About same-sex marriage, in which they voted yes, and be poised over their keyboards to fire off one of those exultant emails pointing out a factual error in a news broadcast, but steady on. That was a mere survey, in which voting was voluntary, whereas this is a referendum, in which voting is, as it is in all Australian elections, compulsory. Because to not put this to a vote, to not put this to a vote, is to concede defeat. When the voice was first mooted, it seemed like Anthony Albanese might have captured a moment. This time last year, the voice polled well north of 60%. The closer polling day has drawn, however, the less popular The Voice has become. Current polling has it at just 40% and listing. Students voting outside of Sydney TAFE are divided. Me not knowing a lot about it, then I'm just going to stay out of it and just vote no. Haven't really seen a lot voting no on the news, but definitely seen a bit of that on social media. Such bookmakers as are offering odds have pretty much stopped taking bets on a no vote. Albanese is already in expectation management mode, rather wistfully offering that even if the vote is lost, the campaign has at least prompted valuable discussion of Indigenous issues. The question that reasonably arises is why support for The Voice appears to have tanked so dramatically. As we have learned above, in hopefully not over-exhausting detail, Australians really don't like changing their constitution, so there's that. There is also uncertainty and hesitation around what Australians are being asked to vote for. The referendum question only asks whether there should be a voice. It does not explain precisely whose voice it will be, what it might be asked, or the degree to which anybody will be obliged to listen to it. They don't understand it, Prime Minister, and that is a big, big issue. One of the things I said today was that uh, if you uh, haven't uh, considered all of uh, all of the details, ask more questions, that's fine. Albanese has been upfront about the fact that the vagueness is deliberate, citing the Republic referendum of 1999, which specified a particular model of a republic and was rejected on that basis by many basically Republican voters. That ambiguity, and this does seem like something someone should have seen coming, has been gleefully seized upon by opponents of The Voice, many of whom, listeners may not be shocked to learn, are to be found among Australia's own Yahoo cohort of the professionally noisy and ridiculous. By consenting to uh, having this extra chapter in the constitution, it's only the beginning of it. What you're consenting to is the government of the day to bring in whatever legislation they want to, to, uh, into the parliament. They have flooded Australian media and social media with fatuous, paranoid fantasies of blameless suburbanites having their back gardens seized by way of reparations to the dispossessed. Nevertheless, if The Voice is lost, Albanese will have nobody to blame but himself. Just as the same-sex marriage plebiscite stranded gay Australians in the crossfire of a culture war, the Voice referendum has similarly marooned Indigenous Australians, who have problems enough as it is, which is why The Voice was floated in the first place. The course of legislating the voice, or something like it, into being was always right there. And if Australia votes no on Saturday, that option is likely gone as well. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.